With Renee Vitale, and you can find our podcast anywhere you get your show. Just look up First Thing WJR on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Real Player. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Winamp. Yeah. I don't know if Winamp's still around. Um, It's an end of an era today, Renee. Um, And I didn't know this was still going on, but Netflix is going to mail out their final physical copy of DVDs today after they shut down uh, their remaining distribution centers. Again, I'm shocked they still had uh, distribution centers in California, Texas, Georgia, and New Jersey. Um, and there's still almost a million customers. What? Who? Get I don't know. I have two questions about this. Yes, I've, I've got questions as well. One, are they going to let them keep the DVD? Actually, yes. Which, which is kind of a bummer. Now I kind of wish I would have, I, I would have, um, you know, been signed up for the yeah. DVD program because you get a, a whole bunch of free DVDs today. Right, right. And two, I wonder what the last DVD is going to be. That's a good question. I, I would imagine it's it, it's not a very contemporary crowd. So I'm going to say something all like maybe Top Gun or Howard the Duck Howard or the something. Duck. I don't know. Something like that. I hope it's Howard the Duck. <laughs> Me too. What a what a trivia question that would be. I, I, I actually have a question too. You know, how did people date back before Netflix was a streaming site? Would you like call someone up on your flip phone and say, Hey, do you want to come over to Netflix and chill in two two to three business days? Right. Yeah, Man, that was a real commitment. You had to be real serious. Was it uh Blockbuster and Make Whoopi in the nineties? <laughs> Remember uh, that's what they, everyone called it. Make Whoopi in the nineties. I know, making Whoopi. It was like a game. Sh- it was like a game show thing. Oh, what a terrible term! I know. <laughs> I, I guess that's how you had to get it past the censors on uh, network TV. So yeah, like I said, wow, absolutely shocked that uh, Netflix was still sending out DVDs. I had no idea. I I got to be honest. I don't know how red boxes are still around. Yeah, there's one at my Kroger. Yeah. And are, I, I just want to look at it. Are all the DVDs in there or do they like temporarily? I don't know how that works. I don't know. Works. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a point to go up to it and check it out. I'll yeah. report back. I'll, I'll I'll go to Kroger and waste some poor manager's time with all these questions <laughs> right. later on. I'm sorry. You're about to get something else. Uh, so this is kind of crazy. Yesterday, court documents uh, alleged that the that share hired four men to kidnap her son, Elijah Blue Allman. Now, Allman and his ex-wife, Marie Angela King, were trying to work on their marriage in New York City when King alleges that four men came to take Allman, like kidnap him. Now, King reportedly says that Cher did it because the couple were trying to reconcile their marriage. So in the document, she said that the men claimed that they were hired by Cher. Cher hasn't commented. Now, since the early 2010s, Allman has been in and out of recovery stints, and his relationship with sobriety has fluctuated, so is his relationship with Cher. So it sounds like she was trying to step in as a mama bear and help him. Yeah, it sounded like it was some kind of uh, drug intervention. Yeah, so she kidnapped him and was trying to save him from him. But you can't kidnap your grown son. Well, she obviously must have felt very desperate and very scared for her son and and like she was out of options. Uh, But does she does this carry criminal charges? How does this work? That's my question. I mean, can you be admitted to rehab or 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 drug treatment facility um, against your against your will? Well, there's a there's a legal process for being institutionalized. You need to actually have a court order to do it to just 
completely circumvent the judicial system to do it, I, as far as I know, is illegal. Yeah. Well, hey, Parker, congratulations. You are now the legal con- <laughs> consultant here. You know, you're putting a lot thing. on my plate recently. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> and you'll, it, you'll it, get a raise. I was going to say, oh, I was going to say, Will it, com- I? <laughs> it comes with the same raises that uh, that, that fall in line with, with your other promotions. Look right? behind you. Right. You see those cookies and baked goods that somebody brought <laughs> oh, in three right. days ago? You're so right. That's you're welcome. Payment. There's your I'm raise. I'm sure those are, you know, a couple dollars. <laughs> and if it turns out you weren't supposed to eat them, we, we never told you you could. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said, I I'm sure there is a legal process, but for for someone to do that, they probably might have felt like it was so dire they might not have had time to actually go through the proper legal channels. Jeez, but how crazy! Well, and it's you know it's got to be tough, and this is gonna sound this is gonna sound stupid. It's got to be tough being the, the 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 child of someone that famous. Well, sure. I mean, I think that's why you see so many overdoses. You see so many um, drug problems out out in L.A. because you've got all these people. They've got all this money. They've got all this time. They've got nothing to do. There's no one to tell them no. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're not the person who has to go out and work for that money. Right. So exactly. So Too much of a good thing readily available at all times. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Cher's son gets the help he needs. Um so we've been watching this federal sh- uh, shutdown that uh, we're pretty sure is going to happen. Uh, tomorrow's the deadline. Pardon me. And, uh, you know, I, we got word today that the House is working around the clock and they're passing things bit by bit. But I, I think that uh, no one's really optimistic. So um, the smart money right now is that there will be a, a government shutdown. So um there's some confusion on who's affected and who's not affected. Yeah. Um, all active duty military and reservists, they would still work. But uh, more than half of the Department of Defense's civilian workforce here stateside would be furloughed. That's about 440,000. Uh, four, I'm sorry, 440,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, air traffic controllers are in, and in short supply. Training for them will be halted. And the 1,000 people in the program will be furloughed. Now, to the surprise of nobody, the president and Congress, they would still continue to work and get paid because, of course, they're going to. Oh, good. Which is probably why they don't seem to be in, in a rush uh, to, get this, um, to, to, to get this rectified. It uh, should be noted, too, Social Security recipients and Medicare benefits would not be interrupted. Right. But I believe Veteran Health Services VA, will. Yep, yeah. VA affairs and things like that would be. Uh, members of the uh, Congress and President's staff deemed non-essential. They would be furloughed, which that sounds like an awkward conversation. Uh, you're not really that essential, so uh, furloughed. And the Supreme Court, which starts its new term Monday, they're not affected, as with the people working the... Uh, three special counsels uh, appointed by Merrick Garland, the two Trump indictments and the Hunter Biden indictments. So that's a little thumbnail sketch of who's affected and, and who's not uh, if if and when there's a government shutdown. So this is an interesting story. You know, people are starting to decorate for Halloween. It's still a month out. But if you like to decorate early, wildlife experts would like a word with you. A group called the Nebraska Wildlife Education has asked people not to put up fake spider webs this year. Uh, other ec- other experts are echoing that. 
you know that stretchy stuff that you put on bushes. Yeah, it's like it's like cotton balls. Yeah, it's cheap. It looks realistic. It's popular this time of the year. But the problem is, lots of different animals can get stuck in it, and those webs don't break away as easily as real spider webs do. So they're a hazard. And a few animals that they listed that are affected by this are hummingbirds, butterflies, bees, and owls. Even so real a- spiders get stuck in them and die. I was going to say it's a better spider web than real spider webs. Yeah, and they're not biodegradable. So they're not great for the environment in general. They're asking people to only use them indoors and to especially avoid spots like trees and bushes. Yeah, and I would also uh, imagine, too, um, you know, there's a blocking hazard if, if, if a neighborhood pet or an animal in the neighborhood eats it and it gets stuck in sure. it lodges in their intestines. It kind of reminds me of, remember... Um, that fake snow spray that people used to put on their Christmas yep. trees. Yeah. And all through like the 70s, 80s and, and early 90s, we we put those on and then it turned out it was very, very carcinogenous. Yeah, it was terrible for our lungs. Yeah. And then there's probably going to be some class action lawsuit down the road if you breathed in fake snow. Right. <laughs> and, and, and my family will be on that because we loved that stuff. Oh, it was very festive. So it sounds like maybe um, if you want to get a jump on decorating for halloween probably a little late this year but next year just kind of let your house fall into repair starting in like early and then you can cultivate real spider webs and it'll be authentic and good for the environment there you go yeah uh first thing mike parsons renee vitelli on wjr all right renee vitelli i think uh i think we may all still be half asleep but uh it was worth it Ever since uh, you linked up with uh, legendary Lions superfan Crackman, the Lions are undefeated going into Lambeau and beating the pack on their own field. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, Detroit. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and it looks like you, you probably should have rolled with Crackman the other night. Yeah, because uh, he was out there in Green Bay, and I saw an article, my husband sent it to me, that... Uh, uh, Dan, who was it that picked Brad, up his, Brad Holmes, the GM. Brad Holmes, yeah. the GM picked up his bar tab at a bar. Wow. I, 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 is that the first? I, I feel like that, that, that might have happened in the past under other GMs. Oh, but, I'm sure. But, hey, good for you, Brad Holmes. I, yeah. Was that be, I wonder if that was before or after the game, if he was in a good mood and he just said, hey, it's on me. I was half awake when I read that article, yeah. and I forwarded it to you. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, I'm not going to read it. Renee read it already. Yeah. Well, you, you great win. Great ye- show prep, guys. Yeah, gr- great w- win yesterday. Uh, a lot of looked like a lot of fans made the trip uh, to Green Bay to watch the Lions beat the Pack 34-20 um, in their home uh, field. And I got to say, the the I don't know if you saw defensive tackle Benito James outfit circulating on social media before the game. I did not. But it it I think it set the tone. It looked like he was wearing nothing but a pair of overalls, a cowboy hat, and some cowboy boots. I love it. That's I like confidence. That. If I'm if if I'm lining up against uh, someone and they're walking into the arena and I said I got to block that guy in an hour, I, I'm intimidated. It's almost as intimidated as when I was in seventh grade and I had to block a kid with a full mustache for my, my, the first day of my oh middle my school goodness. football game. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Slay. Yep. Um, now, I, we've got our uh, Lions correspondent, Parker, in with us this morning. And I got to say, Park, it was nice to have a lead late in the game. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, I got a little nervous when the pack scored quickly, but at but the Lions answered with a score, and after that, 
I wasn't super worried. I, I I didn't have that foreboding, same old Lions feeling like something stupid was about to happen and we were going to blow it. Yeah, I feel like they got all of the Lions out of them with that first interception in the first play. They got it all out of their system, and the rest of the game was smooth rolling at for the most part. Well, and then after that, we responded to that with a touchdown. So I, I think I, it was three drives in a row that we got scores on so i i mean i think part of this turnaround is that uh, the lions are doing a much better job of uh uh responding to adversity yeah and especially the defense is still coming out strong i mean with uh, that defense had the packers with negative two offensive yards with under a minute left in the first half and they finished out the half uh out gaining the packers 284 yards to 20 which is a crazy showing from both the offense and defense. That's some good research there, Park. And uh, and finally, it feels like we're kind of a complete team, right? It's not the, the offense isn't playing out of their mind and having the defense blow it for them. Uh, we don't have like a stacked passing game and no running game. David Montgomery went off. Um, oh, absolutely. So I don't know. You know, I'm still not super. I'm still not super. Uh, I'm not ready to relax because uh, I've been hurt before. But I'm starting to feel a little better with every game. Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful at the top. You know, right now we are leading our uh, division. division, right? So, and it's not just because we're the only team that played. Like after we beat the the, the Chiefs, right? Yeah, um, we need to give a little credit to Metallica, though. Why I feel is that? Like they had something to do with it. So I was watching the uh, pre-tunnel interview with Dan Campbell, and I didn't know he's a huge Metallica fan. He's a big metalhead. Yeah. So they asked him, like, what's the mood? What's the rhythm tonight? What song are you listening to? Because every game it's a different one. And he said the vibe is Metallica 1, which is this song right here. Which is a little broody but intense. I like it. Which is what you want from your... Uh... I wouldn't coach. have gone with this song. You think like Enter Sandman or something? Yeah. But this works, yeah. Uh, yeah, it did work. I mean, because they went into to Lambo and, and they won. Um, yeah, I think if you look up when Dan Campbell played for the Lions, his player picture, he's got long hair. Oh yeah, I could totally actually. I could see him raging against any metal. I raging could, against the machine. I could see you bumping into him at a Metallica concert, and of course you go flying because he's huge. Uh, right. And then you apologize. He'll say something like really assuring, like, that's okay, brother. Uh, right. I don't yeah. want to be in a mosh pit with him. Yeah. That's for sure. No, me either. <laughs> now, it turns out the ladies kind of like Dan Campbell. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. He's got this crazy, he's not stable, which kind of makes him hot. Yeah. But he's a teddy bear, which makes him hot. You're like, I can fix him. I can change him. Well, not to out you here, but you and Lauren from uh, the Blaine Fowler Morning Show have a little nickname for Dan Campbell. Daddy Campbell. (laughs) Daddy Campbell. Uh, Daddy Campbell will take you to a Metallica concert, buy you a beer, and call everybody brother. Maybe right. put us on his shoulders so we can see better. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know what? My, I'm always standing behind Dan Campbell at, at, at concerts. Love listening to my favorite band, looking at the back of someone's head. So fun season. We'll be talking about this later on. Uh, we're going to see if we can get Lloyd to do uh, to, to carry on the tradition of singing the fight song live. And uh, it's going to be a fun morning. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, former Michigan State football head coach. This is no uh, former head coach, Mel Tucker. No surprise, he's filing a wrongful termination lawsuit against the university. Uh, his attorney sent a letter to MSU requesting they maintain electronic and paper records for all members of the athletic department, uh, interim president Teresa Woodruff, 
athletic director Alan Haller and the board of trustees um, saying in anticipation of, of litigation. And Renee, I think we all kind of knew that this situation was headed to court because Mel Tucker has 79 million reasons to fight this. Right. Yeah. This is not a surprise whatsoever. Be more a surprise if you went away quietly. Yeah. And, and I think they will. I think they will settle uh, because uh, a lot of the uh, legal experts that they talked to said that uh, this this moral turpitude clause is hard to uh, prove in a court of law. So I don't think he's going to get all 79 million, but I think I, I, I think he'll get he'll get some kind of settlement and sure. some kind of buyout. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a big day. A judge is going to deliver a decision this morning in the Oxford High School shooters Miller hearing, bringing the shooter one step closer to sentencing nearly two years after the massacre. I can't believe it's been two years. Under Michigan law, the Oxford shooter is facing a mandatory sentence of life in prison without parole after being convicted of 24 felonies for the November 30th, 2021 school shooting. But before the shooter could be sentenced, a pre-sentencing hearing called a Miller hearing had to be held first since he's a minor. Now, a U.S. Supreme Court ruling dictates that sentencing must be considered differently for people below the age of 18 years old who are facing life sentences without a chance of parole, even if they are charged and convicted as an adult, as the Oxford shooter was. Thus, a Miller hearing was held in which an Oakland County judge heard a range uh, arguments for and against handing down the harshest possible sentence for the shooter. So at 9 a.m., Oakland County Judge Kwame Rowe is scheduled to share his decision in the Miller hearing. Now, essentially, the judge is deciding how the Oxford shooter will be sentenced and whether or not parole will be an option, uh, though the hearing is not an official sentencing. Right. Hearing. I think the sentencing is going to happen in December. Right. And yeah, I remember those those, those hearings, for, uh, those Miller hearings earlier this summer, and they were rough. Like I said, the families had to watch surveillance footage. Uh, they went into the shooters, um, you know, his writings, and they're all very, very dark and, and very, they very had disturbing. They to relive it all over again. Yeah. And I, I feel like we're, we're doing a lot of sitting around and waiting this morning. We're waiting for that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're waiting uh, to see if somehow Congress passes a budget to avoid a shutdown. They're finally uh, working around the clock. They say they're making progress. We'll see. And uh, we're waiting to see. Uh, what Sean Fain calls for at 10 a.m. Uh, when he addresses the UAW about the next round of the um, stand-up strikes. I'm waiting to see what he's wearing. Yeah. Oh, you, you don't think he's going to go with the camo this no, time? No, he can't wear that twice. You can't be on camera twice. <laughs> what, what is this, the red carpet? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, well, I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be on the edge of my seat with you. Um, but, you know, this is, this is getting ugly. Like, obviously... Um, he's upset with Ford because they paused the EV plants. I think all three of them are going to get it today. And um, he, pr- he he released a video yesterday blaming the automakers for a number of incidents of violence against strike workers. There's been um, uh, earlier this week, there were five picketers who were hit by a, a, a car uh, outside of a plant in Flint. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody was injured. But this is what uh, Sean Fain uh, said in his Video. These members and allies are in our thoughts, and we condemn this violence that GM and Stellantis are enabling. These attacks on our members exercising their constitutional rights to strike and picket will not be tolerated. Shame on these companies for hiring violent scabs to try to break our strike.
Now, of course, Stellantis, um, they released a, a, a statement in response uh, saying that they were appalled by these accusations. Uh, Sean Fain's also um, accused GM of violence towards workers. So I think, you know, Ford got off a little bit easy last week. I think Sean Fain was showing that, hey, if you uh, negotiate with us, um, we're, we're, you know, we're not, we're not going to we'll strike you. Right. But I, I think all three are in for it th- uh, this morning. I would have to agree. So, uh, surprise, surprise. We're running a little bit late. So we'll take a, a quick break. It's first thing. It's Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. With Renee Vitale, there's a crime spree in Oakland County targeting high value homes. Oakland County Sheriff Mike Bouchard discusses the details with Guy Gordon and Lloyd Jackson on JR Morning. A series of high-end crimes are elevating concerns in several communities in Oakland County, prompting the Oakland County Sheriff to send out a warning on X, formerly known as Twitter, and we wanted to make sure that you were forewarned as well, and we welcome in the Oakland County Sheriff Michael Bouchard to JR Morning. Sheriff, good morning morning to you. I'm great, Guy. How are you? Good. Specifically, what uh, what communities are they targeting? Well, it's not a specific community. It's more a specific target. And the target is very high-end homes that have the likelihood of having high-value property inside. So it's been all across the county. And I think probably as we uh, get deeper into it in other counties and, and we also believe probably other states, and now the 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 folks targeting uh, the homes in Oakland County Sheriff are these um, all the same people that are targeting the Oakland County homes? Yeah, it looks you know very similar in terms of the mo method of operation in terms of what they do, how they do it, and their their focus is is and it appears to be opportunistic. So it appears like they come in from the back. Oftentimes they break a window. Um, sometimes they wait a bit and see if lights come on or an alarm goes off and the hearing or seeing none of that, then they go in and they go through the opening typically. I mean, these aren't all a hundred percent the same, but these are some common threads, mm-hmm. um, without opening the window. So if it's the, the window is alarmed, it doesn't set off the alarm. If you don't have a glass break sensor or, uh, motion sensors inside, even though the alarm may be on, if if they don't open the window or door, it doesn't set it off. And that's one of the common threads they get in. They look for very high-value items, jewelry, um, high-end watches, cash, uh, high-end purses. And sometimes they go after safes, especially ones that they can carry. And, Sheriff, I, I, I know, too, and I've read this before, when these uh, crimes happen and they go in and get these high-end goods, it seems like it's easy for them to resell them on, online. Yeah, it's it's easy to, to move high-end things, and it's uh, something we all need to be aware of. If you see something at a ridiculous price, chances are you're all subsidizing it through your insurance and through other people being victims of it. Yeah. So um, clue into that, share information you know, with your local authorities if we're not it. You know, normally, um, you know, we neighbors watch out for each other. But if they're coming in from the back, that means we really need to watch for cars that are parked in unusual places that the, maybe the unusual activity won't be uh, very uh, apparent to us. Is this happening in daylight as well as nighttime, Sheriff? It tends to be more, you know, early evening into the night. And you're spot on, the investigative reporter and you's coming out there. They're parking the cars oftentimes in spots and then coming around 
different angles and coming in through the back. So we really encourage the public to do a few things. First, tune into what's going on around you, in your surroundings, in your neighborhood. You're more likely than we are if we're doing extra patrol in an area to know what cars and even what people live in that direct area. So if you see something suspicious in terms of a person, especially coming through yards or a car parked in an odd spot or someone that, you know, that doesn't uh, typically walk in your neighborhood and they're not your neighbor and, and you don't get a lot of walking traffic, especially a lot of these communities, um, even our gated communities. So that's when you should call your local police if it's not us. Um, see something, say something. And then secondly, make yourself less of a likely victim by locking your doors, your windows. You know, a lot of people leave their cars unlocked and sometimes inside their car, they've got their garage door opener and they, they have, you know, just access points that are made easier. Yeah. Um, lock your house, set your alarm, make sure your alarm's in work fashion and cameras. If you have, make sure your cameras are properly placed and in working fashion. And, and those things are likely to help you be less likely to be a victim. Sheriff, you know, also uh, the holidays will be coming up before you know it, and we've had these waves of smash-and-grab crimes uh, across the country uh, on the West Coast. I know in the Bay Area, Philadelphia has had them as well. Um, Are we watching out for those uh, types of crimes? Yeah, 100%. Um, You know, we've had some of those, obviously, jewelry stores. And the good thing and the unique thing that I've seen in our area – because I, as you know, I'm very active nationally in law enforcement uh, associations and groups. This area, we have a partnership. Our our local partners, all of the agencies band together, our state and federal partners. If something's going on, we start sharing information and we work together instantly. And so um, we have tuned in to different trends, whether it has been the smash and grabs at jewelry stores or other kinds of things to, to bring closure to some of the those activities and we're doing the same thing now with this kind of rash of burglary so um it's important that that we do that to to bring pressure quickly and that's what's happening well we we appreciate your time sheriff we know a lot of folks put out those uh, little signs saying this home protected by whatever that security system may be should we get a duplicate for the backyard too well as silly as that may sound at least it lets folks know coming up from behind window but again they know most of these houses have alarms but they also know a lot of folks don't set them and a lot of those alarm systems aren't uh, layered as i said so that if you pop the window and don't open it and go through it unless you've got a glass break sensor or most detectors on the inside if you're not home it still unset the alarm off and we've seen that in a number of these cases where that's exactly what's happened yeah Sheriff, we thank you for the warning. We have our guard up. We'll arm those systems, and we'll watch for strange vehicles in the neighborhood. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing the information. All right. Brooklyn County Sheriff Mike Bouchard. All right. So, Renee, we are getting word uh, of when the what's going on with the third GOP debate. Uh, it's going to be November 8th. It's going to be a home game for uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, because it's going to be in Miami. Now, hopefully... Um, the field is narrowed down a little bit because now instead of needing 3% uh, polling and 50% unique donors, uh, the candidates will need 4% in certain polls and 70,000 unique donors, which which is good. There's too many people up there. And uh, I thought maybe this might entice Donald Trump to maybe show up and 
maybe pants Ron DeSantis, but he's said that uh, he's not showing up for this. So, so is it like when a team plays at home? Does does this help Ron DeSantis? I would have a home court advantage. I mean, I'm guessing maybe he might get more cheers when when he speaks. I don't know, but yeah. uh, but uh, please, if anyone who is organizing this is listening. Can we get a 7 o'clock start time instead of a 9 o'clock? That is pleasant. That's give, a nice time. I agree with you. Give give us, you know what, I'll do an 8 o'clock. These 9 o'clocks are, are killing me. It's not necessary. And I know I sound like I'm 85, but you know what, Renee? That's the way I feel. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, and joining us in the studio, Renee and I, Guy Lloyd, Jamie's back. Welcome back, Jamie. Thank you. Yay, sound the horns, blow the trumpets. I, I used my air horn up last night. My oh, neighbors okay. hate me, and so does my wife. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's been a long week. We've had a couple of uh, late nights. And to be honest, the only thing that got me out of bed this morning and, and, and got me going was knowing that at 5.50 during crosstalk, there was Lions victory, and Lloyd Jackson was going to serenade us live as per the tradition. So, Lloyd, take it away. Forward down the field. Woo-hoo! All right. <laughs> now, Guy, you actually brought something up in your uh, your show prep email to us that I picked up on, and I thought, okay, maybe I'm, I'm overreacting a little bit. But um, Uh-oh. people used to say this about uh, uh, Joe Buck, and they still do. Um, yes. But, but it seemed like Al Michaels... Was kind of not into it last night. He was flat, and it was, and, and maybe. But I, I was thinking about this. You know, every time the okay, the, the big lions interception. You, you know, Al usually generates some enthusiasm, yeah. some a little bit of excitement. Does, you know, yeah. Not, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. In the first quarter, there, I forgot. Uh, I, it might have been uh, jo- Josh Reynolds. Um, uh, he made a, a one-handed diving catch. And it wasn't a touchdown or thing, but it was a first down, and it was a great catch. And Al Michaels was just like first down Lions. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, he was. It was like, look, our our chosen narrative, which is Lambeau Field, is these this hallowed football uh, citadel, and they always win here. And this is the narrative, and now my narrative's getting crushed, and I'm really bummed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah. Was, you know, the the uh, Lambeau was kind of taken over by the Honolulu Blue and Silver man. Right, I mean, the fans. He did were, say that. He yeah. said, man, yeah. there are a lot of Lions fans here. You yeah. can hear them. They're a travel team now. We are. Right. right. You know what? Travel football. Yeah. I, I didn't see that much blue, but though the the folks that were there sure were loud. Yeah. They were very I mean, loud. What they lacked in size, they made up for in volume. Well, and, you know, they're, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, he's able to do the Lambo leap. The after sun God. And uh, and then later on, it turns out that uh, a classy Green Bay Packers fan came down and spilled beer on him when he was doing the Lambo leap. I did not see that. And that's unacceptable. Yeah, it is. Well, what's unacceptable is that in the end of the third quarter, there are nothing but zeros on the clock and they let the pack snap the ball for a big gain. Yep. Come on, refs. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then they scored. How Lions is that? Right. And then they scored. <laughs> and then they score. At the beginning of the. So f- then you think SOL. Yeah. But no, ma'am. Yeah. Not this time. Right. Mm. Because one thing they did yesterday, they, they responded to adversity. Jared Goff, you know, he had that big, big stretch where he didn't throw an interception for 10 games. He's thrown one for the past three. He threw one at the beginning of the game. Um, and then the Lions, when they got the ball back, they scored. Same thing with, with, with that blown call. 
Um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, the pack scored. Then the Lions came back and they scored. And it was kind of nice to be late in the fourth quarter, not having that feeling over your head like, oh, we're going to screw this up. We're going to screw this <laughs> up like it. we always did. Well, I was listening to your show, and you said you still were a little uneasy. Yes, and I probably so, w- always will be. Well, let's see. I've been watching the Lions for 35 years. So uh, if they keep this up for, for 36 years, I think finally I'll be at ease. That's your threshold. Yeah, okay. that's my threshold. Okay. So a um, lot, lot going. We need Dr. Steve here because yeah. obviously you're still oh, traumatized. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, just get yeah, just bring me a couple of uh, just bring me a couple of uh, uh, brewskis and I'll be fine. Right, can I ask yeah. a question? Where the heck is the remote control for the TVs in here? Because uh, the the Ryder Cup is on, guys. The Ryder Cup is on. They're playing right now. I Wacky moment yesterday. I'm in, a, I'm in a locker room full of guys. Everybody, yesterday stop evening. what you're doing. Guy they, needs to find the need, remote. I, yeah. Everybody, yeah, stand oh, up. Are you wh- sitting on it? What, yeah. What are you, what, <laughs> right. Your trust goes out the window forever when the remote's gone. All right. Your wife. I'll, I'll, I'll fix this. In the yeah. Funny moment last night. I'm in a locker room full of guys. Golf Channel is on this huge screen. Where nobody's watching, you know, the formalities as they're introducing the players, things like that. Then they cut to the dinner from the night before where the guys are coming out with their wives. The room stops. And the guys are making comments like, Oh, that's a very pretty dress. <laughs> it was like the red carpet. It was, it was like, and there were some other less appropriate things said as well. Uh-huh. But it was like when when the guys with their wives on their arms show up, it was like, wow, uh, that's. You know, John Rom dresses up nicely. You know, who, who are you wearing? Coles on special with Coles cash. Yeah. We, I don't think on the Spanish steps they wore Coles. No, no, but you could not. Definitely Burlington Co. Factory. I, I you know, you see these guys in hats all the time. They take off their hats, yeah. they put on a suit. Who you don't recognize yeah. them. It's like Ricky Fowler without right. orange. What's up? You know what I'd be looking at? I'd be looking at what the spread was at that dinner for the Ryder Cup. I was thinking the same thing. Good. I don't feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even notice people walking like, like oh, faux gras. I don't know what that is, yeah, but, but hey. I can't afford it otherwise. So let's get it. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like uh, today, this news cycle, normally we're reporting on what's already happened. We're going to be re- reporting on what's what's going to happen That's because right. uh, we're waiting around to hear the ruling uh, for the Oxford High School shooter if uh, he's eligible for life without parole as a minor. Uh, we're waiting around to see what Sean Fain calls for when it comes to expanding these strikes. I have a feeling all three automakers are going to get it because yeah. Um, uh, yeah. because so. he's um, accused Stellantis and GM of uh, endorsing violence against uh, the picketers. Uh, Ford, they pulled the plug temporarily on the EV plant. Uh, so I think that uh, I, I, I don't think anyone's going to get a hall pass this week. And we'll, we'll have some, I think, uh, intelligent, hopefully educated guesses coming up at six o'clock. So uh, don't don't tune out.